This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Let's talk about movies. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch, 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 watch this podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're going to be talking about the 1999 film. Any Given Sunday, directed by Oliver Stone and starring Al Pacino, Cameron Diaz, and Jamie Foxx. That's the name. Uh, slipped my mind there for a second. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, thank you for everyone who joined us on our Victims and Villains live stream over the weekend. Uh, Devin and I had a lot of fun talking about trilogies, and I have yet to change out most of my background, so... Uh, so that was a lot of fun. We're going to be uploading that to our YouTube channel here soon. Um, and on that note, I do want to address something that has changed. I haven't talked to these guys about yet either. Uh, if you, if you watch us on Twitch and you fall behind on our show, you may realize that Twitch has changed its settings. So all of our older shows are disappearing a week after they air. So do yourself the favor and head over to our YouTube channel and hit subscribe all of our shows are live streamed there as well. And anything that we do outside of the live streams gets uploaded there. So best bet, if you want to catch up on older shows of you have to watch this podcast, follow us on YouTube, subscribe, smash that subscribe button. So Ugh. Yeah. Oh, it kind of hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, I see you dressed up for tonight. Well, of course. Right. Or Devin, I see you're wearing a Jurassic Park t-shirt again. <laughs> who, who yeah who could have guessed it's anything yeah it's always uh it's, my, it's my, my tuesday night shirt yeah uh you're like a cartoon <laughs> character i am i own one shirt it's a closet full of jurassic park shirts yeah. exactly right uh devin uh yes we start off the show each week talking about things that we've watched outside of the you have to watch this podcast's uh, pick for the week so Devin, have you watched anything outside of any given sunday this week i have i, I ask have. because i know so, the answer you know it all too well so alan and i did a special patreon stream for victims and villains uh and for that we ended up watching the movie uh elaine aline aline yeah aline we watched the movie aline uh, guys, okay, so for those of you that don't know, this is the unofficial Celine Dion biopic. We watched this. Uh, I mean, I watched it over the weekend. I, I'd like to think that this movie more happened to me than I actually watched the movie. So for those of you that aren't aware of what this movie is, this movie made a lot of noise on the internet because the main actor in it, Valerie Lesemier, is what I'm assuming her name is pronounced, uh, she plays Celine Dion, or sorry, Aline, uh, throughout every point in her life, to the point where they even love guru her head on a toddler's body for the first half of the movie. And I haven't stopped having nightmares about it. 
I woke up screaming in French the last three nights in a row. It is the most horrific thing. But that's not the worst part. Alan, do you want to tell them the worst I part will about t- this movie? So I get Devin to agree to watch this with me. And um, he asked where he can watch it. It's, uh, it's available on Amazon Prime for anyone who wants to watch it. But this is the warning that I have to give you. About an hour after Devin says, okay, I'm watching it now. He messaged me saying, oh, the uh, English subtitles don't work. So uh, you, he had to watch the whole movie in French. The only time the subtitle, no the only time the subtitles would work is when the, because I had the same experience. The only times the subtitles worked was when it was an English song being sung in the background. And even then they were off by like a line of the song and it was so weird and like hard to watch because of that. Like just technically speaking, it was a difficult watch. I don't know French at all. So (laughs) I'm stuck here watching a French film that I'm not sure what's going on, not translating at all. So I figured I was better off just switching the language to Spanish because at least I took five years of Spanish in high school and college. So I had a better idea of what was going on 15 minutes in when I switched to Spanish, but Oh man. Uh, speaking of Celine Dion, y'all going to talk about the Ryan's Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds tweet. What did he tweet? I don't know. I didn't know that Ryan Reynolds tweeted. I'm going through his Twitter page at the moment. And all I'm seeing is stuff about him and his soccer team. And that's it. So far, hopefully a friend of the show, Bill will let us know. Oh, let us know. Cause I do want to know. Oh, it's a video, Uh, but yeah. Oh, is it, is it, Oh, it's this one. What, what is it? You got share, share with the class. Okay. Okay. So share with the class. I, I haven't watched any more than four seconds of the video, but my guess is it's a Deadpool three announcement because the title of the tweet is, Hard keeping my mouth sewn shut about this one. Oh, uh, yeah, it uh, it was all over Facebook about like five minutes before we went on. Hugh Jackman's oh. coming back as Wolverine, and he's going to be in Deadpool three. Oh, that's awesome! Wait, what? Okay, <laughs> Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine, and he's going to be in Deadpool three. Hold on, wow. uh, full disclosure. Today just got even better for me. Like. Like, already a good day. Already a good day. Like, oh wow. man. So wait, Deadpool three is happening, and Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine. Yeah, the logo yeah. is the Deadpool symbol with the Wolverine like uh, slashes through it. I'm oh, skipping. there it is. Oh, that's exciting. So oh, it looks like Hugh Jackman walks through the background of his video. That's fantastic. Uh, oh, I love right. that. Well, that worked out nicely. Thanks, Celine Dion. <laughs> or not Celine Dion, because the film opens with a card that says this film is based on Celine Dion's life, but not really. It's so weird. Do you so? The plot points were just the Wikipedia page of yeah. her biography. Uh, if you want to hear our full review of it, uh, where Devin and yeah. I get get kind of serious and deep about it for for a minute, uh, go check out Victor, our friends, victims and villains on Patreon, um, and support everything they do there. 
So, uh, Ryan, how about you? Have you watched anything in the last week that probably broke news in the last hour that I didn't know about? (laughs) Nothing, uh, nothing that, uh, breaking, but, um, I've watched two shows. I'm going to hold off on one, but I watched, uh, the first three episodes of Andor and Alan, I know that you did too. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've always wanted a Star Wars story about a soldier. I, I think I'm getting that. And the first three episodes is showing that it's the right, it's, this is what I wanted. And in fact, I didn't mean to binge all three episodes, but I did. And then right after that, I watched Rogue One and I was up until about 1.45 in the morning because of this, wow. because I watched all three and then the movie. Okay. So. I, I kind of forgot that Andor came out last week. Like it was Wednesday morning and I saw it was out. I was like, I thought that was next week. And I was like, okay, like I'm all in. So I, I didn't watch, I didn't binge them all back to back, but I watched them all in that day. Uh, I'm really enjoying the show. I think it's, uh, I think it's very well done. I like that the sets are practical. I like Kathy and Andor as a character. Uh, I have his jacket. So um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm excited to see where they go. I feel like if they didn't release the first three episodes at once, it would be a bigger sell for me, like a tougher sell for me. But um, I'm glad that they released all three at once because I think it does a really good job of establishing where the story is going to go and setting everything up. Yeah. I mean, I know it would be really weird if they did. uh, There's a part of me after, after I watched it, the three episodes and mm-hmm. then i saw that each one has a different length time i remember thinking to myself like why didn't they just release this as one massive thing but then that would be kind of weird because it would be like movie length mm-hmm. and this, you know like where 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 those first three episodes go would be really weird to have that just be one long piece and then yeah. for it to end the way that it did it would be like i, I don't know like or or they could have done that and then just labeled it forward, just like a book. <laughs> the, <laughs> because the, that's basically what the three episodes are. I, I think part of it is for the Academy, there are rules that they have to follow if they want to nominate certain episodes. True. So, uh, okay. Are any of these episodes like nomination worthy? Like, are some of them that good? I mean, it's Star Wars. So, yes. So, no. <laughs> so, yes, in a while Devin. ago, but lately, Devin. not as much. I what? feel like some of the actors do a well enough performance in the first three episodes that they could be nominated by some independent film awards guild. I'll put it Got that it. way. Okay. Okay. I'm yeah. I'm still very skeptical. Can you can one of you give me like a, a two sentence thing that's gonna make me go, Okay, I'm interested now. Is there anything like that? Or is it did you love the guy from that movie you were fine with? He's here, and there's more of him. Star Wars spy thriller. All right. Yes, that that that's basically how, what this does. How many Bothans die in the first episode? Two. That is many Bothans. Yeah. Perfect. Do you, do you want do you want to do, do you do you want to know do you want to know the setup of the show? Because I think that will. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Cassian Andor accidentally kills two, or accidentally kills a guy and has to kill another guy to cover his tracks. And the the rest oh. of the show is him being hunted 
by the oh. uh, corporate oh. police. So, yeah, yeah, corporate police. This is something, Devin, that you're going to like. In mm -hmm. independent security contractors working for the Empire. I do actually really like that. I just figured it'll be stormtroopers. Yeah. No. <laughs> so no, yeah, that's cool. I mean, like. I remember looking at Kristen and going, Devin's going to love this concept. Yeah. Like that's. <laughs> and it, it pretty much, go ahead. And your guy, Saul Guerrero is going to show up at some point. So they're going He's to gonna give be... him the story that you need Devin. Okay. Because what they're going to do based on what I think they'll do in rogue one is they're going to have three phenomenal episodes of this show. Then they're going to have five episodes of Saul Guerrero, very slowly eating food. And then they're going to have one really good episode to end it. That was his role in Rogue One. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. Okay. So I can't. the way the show is breaking down, the way the show is breaking down is these for this first season is going to be like five years before Rogue One. And then. Okay everything in the second season is going to be leading into Rogue One and time jump a little bit, kind of like another show, but probably not as drastic. And they're not going to recast the main characters. <laughs> uh, oh, so. You vaguely mentioned this over the weekend. Is it bad? It's not bad. I, I like it fine. Okay. Like the, the, I think the, I think it's, it's weird, but I enjoy it because I was enjoying those characters and I, I it's hard to jump 10 years and not, changed them that drastically when they started yeah. off so young so yeah uh we're talking about house of, we're, i agree we're, we're talking about house of dragons if anyone out there is listening and is curious um yeah I, i'm always i always want to know what's happening on the show but i don't want to watch it so you are yeah. my in alan thank you yes um all right i think that's enough for Andor. i watched a new show well new ish show um a show that just came back from this is a show that aired in the eighties. They rebooted quantum leap. Um, what? Yeah. The Scott Bakula vehicle. Yes. They rebooted quantum. Leap. <gasps> and I, so and happy. I use the term reboot softly because it's a sequel series to quantum leap. So Ziggy's still there. They mention uh, Sam Beckett a lot. Uh, they're continuing. Oh. They're continuing the Quantum Leap project. Um, wow! So you've got a, a scientist who starts jumping it, like time jumping into people's bodies to set right what once went wrong. And my wife was a big fan of the show. I enjoyed the show when I watched it as a kid. Uh, we both really enjoyed this pilot episode. I think they're they're paying homage to the original series. They're doing a really good job of. Uh, keeping with that canon and addressing it like they're like that show ended with uh sam beckett never never was able to leap home and he's still yeah. out there they don't know what happened to him so the door is open for scott bacula to come back um so oh, we could shoot. we you could have me yeah uh so if the if the show does well enough i think they might be able to get him i think they tried and couldn't get him for the first season but um the what what's interesting about this one is it because we're in 2022, like we're in the future that they were, that he jumped from. 
they go back and forth between him jumping into the past and the present day. So you get to see the people who are working behind the scenes to get him the information into the leap. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, it's an interesting so take does, on is it. it. Is it the same formula, do you think, where it's essentially like one leap per episode and like one episode is kind of a problem? Because I know that like one of the things we were kind of met about when Mandalorian first happened is that it was kind of an episodic kind of thing and it mm. wasn't an overarching story. So I wonder if, if a, a format of that is, is interesting lately. I mean, I, it's still going to be wrong. I mean, I think it's, it's on NBC. So that if NBC does anything right, it's procedurals. Uh, that's why there are Fair. 20 law and orders uh, <laughs> that all premiered on one night last week. Um, what? Well, three of them did. There's only wow. there's only three Law and Orders right now, Devin. I I don't yeah. watch any of them. I'm convinced there are eight. They made a UK one, so I'll send you the link to that. Um, Did they really? Yeah. Ew, ew. Uh, but yeah, I I Ryan, what's your history with Quantum Leap? Do you have any? Th- that I really liked it when I was a kid, but they never. But then the show got turned off before they could do an official ending to it. So then when mm. you said it's like a sequel series, I'm like. It's a sequel series, but they never ended the first one. But you explained what mm-hmm. they're doing, and now it makes sense. And I like what, and I like your description of what they're doing. So yeah, I just I re- hmm. I remember the episode where there's no men in society. They all live in like a gym complex, and the women get to go pick the guys that they want to have kids with. Um, and then there's another episode where they jump into a world where there's like bunnies that are like 40 feet tall and then they jump immediately out of that reality <laughs> to a reality where earth is going to explode in like 30 minutes because of the sun exploding i think you and i watched a different quantum leap <laughs> no, no no quantum leap was just a time travel show they didn't jump dimensions are you thinking stargate no 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 i you're talking about like the college professor and like a few of his students no they jump in through a portal no, no. that's quantum leap no what quantum, thinking of? quantum leap leap is squat i i have no idea what you're talking about quantum leap is scott bacula possesses a person's body through through time and space yeah, <laughs> so that's, so that's it, not a show. like that's what not a show that i ever watched okay no. I, I feel like if you saw it, like clips of it, you might recognize it from like reruns and stuff. But no, I'm curious yeah. to know what show you're talking about, though, because that sounds it interesting. Was, it was on for a few seasons. You had a college professor that was opening up portals and then they would it was him and like a few students that that like got stuck with him. And they were trying to get back to like their reality, their dimension. But then every time they went through the portal, every episode there was like a different world, uh, um, a different world that, that that they ended up in that was still Earth. But it was like the the second episode was like if Germany won World War Two, how would the U.S. be? Okay. And then, Is it sliders. Hmm. Slight sliders. Sliders. That's sliders. that's what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. huh. That's all right. Fun. Hold on. What what happens to Scott Bakula's victims when he quantum leaps into them? Funny you should bring that up. <laughs> uh, they're going oh, to no. they're going to address that on this show because Ernie Hudson, uh, yeah, is on the show and he plays somebody that Sam Beckett leaped into. 
So oh, the, they're weird. going to address that. There was an episode where he <laughs> leaped into a Vietnam soldier and Ernie Hudson plays mm-hmm. that soldier. So they're going That's to really they're going cool. to address okay. that. So I can't wait. Yeah. All right. I think that does it for uh, the We Watch This segment of the show. Let's move into today's main topic, the 1999 film, Any Given Sunday, starring a yelling Al Pacino as Mm. pictured below. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, this is your pick. Uh, I'm going to let you take it away. Okay. So this is any given sunday like alan said came out in uh in 1999 it was directed by oliver stone um so just because of that i know we're gonna have a lot to talk about when it comes to uh when it comes to this movie um and also like alan said it's starring al pacino cameron diaz uh you've got jamie fox dennis quaid james wood a ton of other people um and pretty much this film take what Oliver Stone did to Wall Street or did for Wall Street and he focuses that lens on professional sports kind of looking at the NFL but of course he can't use the NFL so he created up his own league to actually do it Um, I I remember seeing this movie when it came out on VHS and DVD for the first uh that was the first experience I had with it. I did not see it in theaters. It was a movie that instantly grabbed hold of my 15-year-old brain and was like, look at all these cool camera effects and, and all of this semi-modern music. You should love this. And I was like, yes, I do. Um, and it's a movie that it's been tail... Uh, I've tailed off of it a little bit over the past couple, like, I would say last couple, like, 10 years. Um and I occasionally go back to it when, whenever I can. Um, and it's a film that, like, I wouldn't say it's one of, like, my favorite films, but it's definitely a, uh, a movie that I can always find a lot of entertainment value to. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I get into some of the topics that, that, that I actually wrote down in my notes, what is your guys' relationship with this film? Did you ever hear about it before now? <laughs> I had heard of it in the back of my mind. Um, when Al Pacino was cast as Joe Paterno a few years ago for the movie they made on HBO, I was like, mm-hmm. I could see him as a football coach. I don't know why, but I could see that. <laughs> uh, this is why. Uh, I I had never seen this film. Um, I'm amazed by this film i don't know if that's a good thing or not time will tell um <laughs> there was there was a point where i messaged you last night i was like ryan what the hell yeah. uh so there's a lot to talk about and i'm excited to talk about yeah. it but i uh i don't know how i feel about this that's fine that's fine this isn't this is what i expect from an dollar uh from a stone film to be perfectly honest <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, I, I had heard about this movie. I have had a couple of friends who are into football and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So they'll watch all the football movies, all the baseball movies, all the sports movies. So I had been recommended this movie a few times by people who were like, you know, it's it's better than a football movie because there's a lot of really good effects in it. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of it's a good story on top of just being about football. I think you'd like it. And 
the you know with your lead into it i didn't know al pacino was in this movie despite him being in orange on the front of the cover okay. Uh, yeah okay um and and you know i i knew al pacino was in the movie and then recently since we've been watching so many sports movies i actually was pretty excited about this one because i knew that this was kind of one of the one of the classics and you know some of the classic sports movies just kind of hold up they just do so like you know, a lot of the ones that we've watched on the podcast, I've actually really enjoyed, even though, like, I won't sit down and watch a game of football. So I was pretty excited for this one. And that's kind of where I'll leave my thoughts for now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So I, uh, I wanted to get some of my football sport geekiness out of the way so we can get to the actual topics <laughs> that Oliver Stone covered in this. Because yeah. I figured the best way to do this is just to channel it myself. Um, so just to give you guys some, uh, just to give you guys some basis for where Oliver Stone took, you know, like got the idea for this, how much help he had to actually create it. Um, it's based off a book. I've never read it. I didn't look up anything really about it except for the author. Um, it was based off, uh, it was based off a book of the same name. Uh, that was written by Pat to uh, that was written by Pat Tume, who played 142 games in, in the NFL for four different teams from 1970 to 1979. OK, so that's where the inspiration for this story comes from. On top of that, uh, they had and this is the part that I had to actually go through and watch the movie that I had to go online to find as many resources as I could. There are actual 15 pro football players that are extras on this movie. Wow. And stars. There are two of them that are like lead actors in this. Nine of those 15 players are Hall of Fame football players. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Jim Brown, the defensive coach for the Sharks, is one of the best running backs who've ever played the game. He walks into a room of like football fans, he's God. Like that's who Wow. That's who he is. And Lawrence Taylor, who, who plays Shark, the middle linebacker, he is a Hall of Fame monster. He is one of the most notorious, angry, most feared linebackers of the modern era. He played wow. in the eighties and nineties. So he played that character, Shark. Like that's Lawrence Taylor. That's a Hall of Fame football player. Um wow. So I wanted to get all of that out of my system just to, you know, there's that. And then mm -hmm. the reason why I'm wearing this football jersey that I am today, because Dick Buckus, who is a quarterback, who is a middle linebacker for the Bears in the 70s, played as a, uh, uh, was in the movie as a cameo as the coach of the, uh, of the uh, Californian team of like the, 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 the California Kings or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of other people in it, too um along those lines but one of the things that i like about this movie is that even though it was made back in 1999 it covers a lot of topics that has that that has pretty much been dragged through the sports media about the mm -hmm. ncaa the nfl um and i just want to go through some of these topics mm -hmm. and we can hit your guy's stuff too in between these yeah. okay um so can I kind of guess? Can I, I can yeah. I guess what one of them is? Yeah, sure. Concussions. Yes. Yeah. That's a big oh one my for gosh! Me. Yeah. In fact, that's we'll just start one. there. Yeah. We're just gonna start there. 
one of the reasons why I dropped my fandom for the entire NFL um, was because of the concussion scandal. The, right. the, the NFL was covering up who was getting concussions and how often they were playing. And pretty much what happens in this movie where where the team doctor is pressured by ownership and just their own ego to like let these people play knowing the damage that's going to be done happened with a lot of teams. A lot of teams for a long time. In fact, uh, McMahon, a quarterback for the Bears, back in the 80s, who, who, who won the Super Bowl, he's come forward and said there are times when like he'll spend days like he will just black out for literal days family uh, his family thinks he's fine but like it'll be saturday afternoon and then tuesday comes along and then he's like how did i get in the car and he can't remember those days because of the amount of concussions he had that's horrific yeah no it's if you look into this it's horrible and the nfl should have paid a lot more than what they did for doing for for doing what they did yeah what i really liked about this is it show i i like the matthew modine character um the mm-hmm. other doctor who was like no like this is a problem we shouldn't be doing this i liked mm-hmm. that element because i guess i just i was surprised to see matthew modine in this because he's not listed anywhere and i think his <laughs> star is a little bit brighter now since stranger yes. things so like yeah, J- yeah. and like James Woods like I know like I mostly know him from Family Guy and Twitter and neither of them <laughs> make him look like a good guy. So right from the get go, I'm not looking forward to James Woods in this movie, but he plays yeah. a villain, and I was like, "You go, Matthew B- Modine. You are nothing like Papa." Like, <laughs> yeah, and and that real conversation they had when they're telling shark be like hey look the wrong hit you're dead on the field like this is what it is and then shark's like i don't care i need my stats i need my bonus Mm -hmm. you know you know it's like after that fine i'll do whatever and Mm -hmm. it it just shows the reality of like james woods's character wasn't necessarily wrong about what Mm -hmm. he was saying about the players but then at the same time papa yeah uh, you know, uh, when it comes to you know medical ethics, was is one hundred percent in the right for telling. Look, these players need to know. Yeah, exactly what's going on. Well, that was, I mean, that was one of the things that surprised me. Got brought up already, like in the nineties. They they knew about that because I, I am so far outside of the NFL fandom that I thought they discovered that, hey, concussions are bad and they're getting them a lot. They, I thought they discovered that in, like, 2011. So the uh, fact that, you yeah, know, no. that was exposed and people knew about it in 1999, holy cow. I mean, people knew about it back in the 60s and 70s. It was just that the wow. medical... The... The, the, the medical establishment didn't know what the long-term effects were. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, like, you had a lot of these players getting in trouble, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, get, get getting in trouble uh, um, is with the law and people just thought oh these are these superstar athletes they don't know how to readjust to not playing ball you know oh. and they get themselves into trouble yeah. and that's what it was like until they found out no hang on a second your brain's actually damaged and your sense of right and wrong goes out the window yeah wow. it, they even make the allusion to boxers from the, like the the 50s who 
had issues after boxing. Like, so they knew it was an issue that I think technology had got, was just getting to the point where they could understand how much of an issue it was and observe the, the, the long-term effects of it from that point on. Like you, you, when you get a, a rookie in, you can look at their, their scans their first year and then like five years in, see the damage that's been done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, that's one of those, so that's one of the topics that Oliver Stone, yeah. uh, you know, goes full force into this. And, and even like, I remember kids that I went to high school with who played football, they got concussions at least mm-hmm. once a week. Devin, wow. do did you think this only happened in 2011 because the Will Smith movie that was filmed in Pittsburgh came out in 2011? <laughs> exactly it. Cause it was filmed right by where I was living at the time. Yep. Exactly. Tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you, yeah. You and yeah, and 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 for for and for a long time too. And this gets into just men being stupid. Um, yeah. As college pro, you know, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. As far as the medical team on, as far as the medical staff on these teams were concerned, if the player mm-hmm. could stand up and run the play they were fine wow that is a low bar a very very low bar My so goodness. i mean so i mean like you had guys who didn't know what their name was but 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 but, 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 but because of just muscle memory and running the plays mm-hmm. in practice they could do it weird yeah that's i don't like that at all all right yeah. what other topics did oliver stone try to cover okay in this? so the hypocrisy of the ncaa uh, when it comes to one. student athletes, you've mm-hmm. got the How hyperactive much... sports media. Okay, mm-hmm. I was going to say let's yeah. not focus uh-huh. on the NCAA because as a Penn State yeah. alum, I have I have thoughts. Uh, let's yeah, not focus uh, on that. Though. I, understand. <laughs> I, I I understand. Um, the hyperactive sports media, which just gets into entertainment mm-hmm. media in general. Um, can, can we can we talk about John C. McGinley in this? Because yeah, I'm so happy he was here. What yeah. did he borrow Gary Oldman's wig from the fifth element? What was going on <laughs> with his hair? <laughs> I he was like I, a mix, he was a mix of that character from the fifth element and J. Jonah Jameson with the cigar. Like, yeah, <laughs> he was, yeah. I mean, he was supposed to be in like, like in the late 90s, like ESPN. ESPN had been around for a while. Sports talk yeah. radio had been around for a while, but like it was starting to hit its peak around at the late nineties for, uh, for like sport talk personalities. And that's when you got a lot of like on ESPN, I know in like the like late millennium, like 2007 to like 2009, I listened to Mike and Mike a lot on ESPN radio so like stuff like that where it's just guys talking about their opinions about sports the problem is these people get primetime positions so it gets amplified and then it's easy for a sports fan who just wants to have fun with it to like listen to these people and then they go oh yeah so that's my opinion now and it's sports so like what's who's you know who's who does it hurt but it's also about just like them having the access that they do getting on you know like uh managers coaches players nerves and i'm not a fan of any of that type of media so the fact that 
Al Pacino's character just like goes hua with the elbow and you know face plants him. Makes me happy every single time. That was like that was so. I, did anybody else get a sense that the elbow like wasn't enough to do the damage that it did? That looked like a soccer player reacting well, I, to a light tap. I mean, I mean, I mean, Devin. He did fall into an old school open dugout and slammed his head against a metal uh, uh, seat. My favorite thing to come. Okay. Up, I, I have two thoughts on that scene. Yeah. One. Why is there a dugout? This is football. Oh. Oh, right. Why is there a dug? Ryan, I'm, guess, why is there a I'm guessing it was a uh, baseball field, too, that they were practicing on. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, Two, right. Pacino's line after he gives the, the apology was like, where's your wheelchair? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he steps down mm. from doing the apology and he walks right by him and he's like, hey, where's your wheelchair? You know, it's like he whispers it so only he can hear it and it's like he he just gives him a side glance it's great he gives him yeah wow yeah but um and then even when it comes to like interviewing the players i mean that's Mm -hmm. the whole thing with with uh uh with with jamie fox and that interview yeah part of that movie i i have to tell you guys something uh, about that, so I'm gonna wait on explaining that whole thing a little okay. bit of like his interview with uh, with Jamie Foxx. But so okay. you know the whole hyperactive sports media thing, um, how the obsession of sports at a pro level when you're involved in it can ruin relationships. Mm-hmm. Because there's actually a whole subplot that was filmed that was cut from this movie that has to do with Al Pacino. Um, Weird. And then, I actually got a feeling that was a thing. The the Elizabeth yes. was it the Elizabeth Berkeley stuff? Well, it was stuff that had to do between him and his estranged son. Okay. Oh, okay. I didn't get a sense of that, but I got a sense that there was more family drama in his life, and that we'd get more, and we didn't get more. Yeah. Yes, and that's one of those things that got that was filmed. It was supposed to be like him and his son is estranged. He's trying to rebuild back that relationship again, and he just can't because he keeps on hitting the wall. He keeps on making sure. mistakes. I mean, um, there's that one scene where he's on the phone where he literally hits the wall and hangs up the phone. Yes, when he's drunk, like yeah. blackout drunk. A yeah. on the nose. <laughs> um, can, can, and then five can, is corporate politics. Okay. That's all I, yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that I was surprised by, and the Simpsons get a lot of uh, attention for this, but I think uh, this movie should get attention for predicting the future, because I'm pretty sure Dennis Quaid is just playing Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're right. Yeah, that whole thing i love the fact that like he makes 39 look old i'm just just right now because his character is supposed to be 39 years old i i don't looks (laughs) there's like a there was a period between the late 90s and the early 2000s where like we need an athlete who's just too old to be in this sport you know who we should get (laughs) dennis quaid exactly because it's this it's the rookie i think yeah yeah, the Disney baseball movie. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, yeah. And then, like, also, like, don't when when his time was up, it Go became ahead. Mark Wahlberg. So. Yeah. Right. Also, don't sports just tend to be like young people anyway? Like, I think I've I've heard like an announcer be like, "Look at how brave he is." 
32 years old and still playing. And I'm like, oh, that's a stop joke. that. That's a Is joke. Is that, though? That That's from a joke, but no. Okay, good. Yes, depending on the joke. Like, it's, <laughs> a, it's a comedic joke. Well, comedic joke. That's redundant. I, no, I get you. It's a joke that's based off reality because, yes, you have certain positions in sports, depending on the sport, that, yes, if you're over the age of 30, it's kind of tough. I mean, like, right now, I, this year, I am processing the fact that I am at the age where if I was in the clubhouse of any of the teams that I follow, I would be jokingly referred to as the old man. Oh, man. And on top of that, I found out at the start of the season that the the manager for the St. Louis Cardinals, the team that I follow, mm-hmm. the manager is 36 years old. I'm 37. I am older than a major league baseball manager. Oh, no, Ryan. So oh, I no. have finally crossed that realm of a sports fan of I'm not watching people my age play sports anymore. I'm watching people my age coach and manage the people who play the sports that i watch wow oh this got depressing i'm gonna cry (laughs) oh gosh now you guys are like four or five years younger than me yeah so So you're you've always you've always been the old man of this podcast so (laughs) nah that's fair it makes me feel better but yeah so yeah so i mean like those were the main topics that i feel that um uh, stone was really focusing on okay um yeah i, I want to take a break from this conversation because you said this is what he focused on does he focus on anything because this movie seems oh, no, so this movie's a, ju- mess. This movie's a mess like it, it's a mess yeah <laughs> okay. It, okay oh okay good i'm glad we got this out of the way because you look at something like wall street like that you had us watch and that seems like a yeah. pretty straightforward story and like not super stylistic. I don't know what Oliver Stone was doing in this one, but there there's like so many weird cuts in this and transitions that don't really pay off until the end. If they do at all, uh, it's just bizarre. And okay, so, okay. We got to talk about our favorites. Cause I have, a, I have two favorites. Okay. One of them is right in the beginning of it. I knew I was going to just, I knew this movie was not going to sit right with me when the football player runs into an all sport, a table full of all sport, which I miss, by the way, this movie made me miss all sport, but he runs into a table full of all sport. And while he's doing it, you hear cartoon break noises. Why did we do that? Well, okay. So this is, if this helps the way that I see this movie and a way that a lot of other people, that I that like sport fans that I know that will see this movie. This is like sports art film. If you were to make an art film about a football, this is what you would get. Because okay. the whole the whole break thing that's yeah. alluding to the fact that almost everyone who plays football says when you get to the pros and you're getting hit and tackled, it's like being in a car crash. That is a and very common analogy. That is a very common uh, analogy. Uh, you talked me down off of that one. Darn, so, good job. You know, 
it's like the brakes and the tires squeal and it skids and you know and the car goes into an accident because it's a broken play he lost control of the wheel uh, i can't I, argue with that i literally i wanted to i can't if anything what i would call this film is a experimental football film because of that stuff because of the way he transitions stuff the way he has these transitions with old timey football pictures throughout the film. Like it's very, there's a lot of experimental elements to it. And I think that's what took, it took me out of it. Every time something like that would happen, like there, there'd be a scene with Pacino and Jamie Foxx talking and it would just cut randomly to skylines of Miami. And I'm like, (laughs) did you not get enough coverage for this shot? Like what's going on here? This is my favorite part. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to break down that, that, that dinner thing. So please do. So like he walks in and there on the TV is the one epic classic epic movie. I, 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 I have not seen. Um, it wasn't Ben Hur, was it? It was Ben Hur. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and it's the chariot race scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And during the angry part of that conversation, you get cut ins of that chariot gladiator race going on because you have two gladiators yeah. fighting each other verbally. And so that scene that that's you know playing on TV is supposed to represent the physical tension of what's going on in that conversation. Prior to that, per, per, per Turno's talking about like, you know, like uh, all of the classic football stuff about like the past and, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and sacrifice so he's talking about all these people and so they're showing the pictures to me i like the way this movie was done yes the cuts are ridiculous they're distracting it takes you out of it but i particularly like when they're talking about something like the past you know the glory days and they're having like pictures of like vince lombardi Mm -hmm. uh pictures of you know older teams flash in because it's showing the context for that character and why he's explaining what it is. Yeah. And that, in those two examples that you just gave the, the, the old days and the, the gladiator stuff makes sense. Yeah. But there were scenes in here where they just cut randomly mid conversation to the skyline of Miami and, or just clouds or just cloud, like, or like (laughs) one person sitting in the stands by themselves. And I'm like, okay, like, (laughs) You're, it's just not consistent for me. Like if there, if there's a meeting between for those shots, like, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. 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 No, De- I, I, what, what I completely I, understand. I completely understand. What I figured that. is this movie is not made for me. This movie is not made for somebody who has an outsider's view of the sport. Who's somebody who's appreciate. Like I, I loved the acting in this movie and I loved the social commentary when it was presented it it never really answered any of it but it did bring it up which was nice i like that i am not interested almost at all um, on what's happening on the field in much the same way that like i've gotten into ted lasso i couldn't care what the soccer players are doing give me more of of him give me like he's the reason why i love it i it's not this movie isn't for me because like when they show the pictures of those old football players i just get like dead poet society vibes I don't get, oh, back in the good days, or, oh, wow, yeah, that's when men were men, and 
helmets were leather. Like, I don't have those same feelings. I just go, wow, that's an old picture, and I could be watching Al Pacino act more. <laughs> okay, yeah. so maybe maybe that's my – like, maybe it's just no, no, me. No, 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 no. It's – I understand completely because to me, being a sports fan and being the old, yeah. like, I have so much bear stuff from when I used to like buy tons of stuff back when I was a huge football fan mm-hmm. and, and, and followed, obviously like I'm like Reebok. If, if anybody wants to know how long it's been since I've bought anything for football Reebok, mm-hmm. they haven't been creating stuff for the NFL for like 10 years. I didn't <laughs> um, know that. Um, so the reason like I I love all of the football action in this, mm-hmm. even though, yes, you've got like 15 cuts to show one pass. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. I get it. But it's all done from the perspective of certain people on the field. You get mm-hmm. you, you you're going to get a perspective from a lineman, from a cornerback, from a referee, from a fan, from one of the coaches, all on field level. And that's why you've got all of the different angles going on for like one thing. And, and that's that's why, yeah. Yeah, and especially whenever, like, the picture vibrates a little bit and it almost looks like it should be like a 3D thing, one of the things that Oliver Stone wanted to do was kind of put you in the perspective of one of the players, and that was supposed to represent, like, the tension, you know, your adrenaline shooting, sweat in your eye, so, like, you can kind of see what's going on, but things are a little off like that's why all of the action looks the way it does because he wanted to put the viewer on the field with the players i can see that and there was a couple of shots too that i thought were interesting like when they had the cheerleader shots you got the perspective of the cheerleaders from the foot like the from the football field yeah you basically saw them silhouetted you wouldn't get a good view of them if you were on the field that made sense can I talk about something that bugged me about this movie? And I think we're, yeah, get, we're getting to always. it. Because yeah. I don't, I yeah. don't like, I think the answer to this is what you're talking about. But to me, it just made the film seem small because I've seen other movies. Okay. First, I have a question. Is this supposed to be the major leagues? Like the, the, like, is this supposed to be the NFL or is Un- this unequivocally? My- yes. No, 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 oh, no I thought no, yes. No, it, no, it's it, not because they mentioned the NFL. Okay. That's what oh. I thought. Yeah. Oh. First thing that takes me out of it is no one cares this much about the stadium league football. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the way that I take this because of how many teams they talk about and the fact that one of the announcers says that given the production of like the crosstown dolphins, you know, like that type of like, so the NFL does exist. I feel like in the world that this movie is set in, it's like the way they do um uh like how everyone else in the world takes football is soccer okay okay the way that that's set up okay. so you have so so like you have a ton of different leagues it's the only sport anyone plays so mm-hmm. so was it the, the, the way that i see this world is that there's probably three or four major professional football leagues okay in the u.s uh, okay so All right. that's how I always took this. That being said, if this is on the level of the NFL or at least a little bit lesser to it, mm-hmm. they did such a bad job of making the stadium seem full. Uh, like it just, <laughs> it, well, no, 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 let, let, let me yeah. finish. 
like I I think I get where you, like I think the whole thing you were just talking about like showing it from the player's perspective like not focusing on the crowd around you I think that's fine but the stadium like in the shots that you you do see it like there's not even anyone there it's so empty behind Pacino and it was just so it just made everything seem small and like it just compared to something like the replacements where they shot in an actual stadium and yeah, it's empty during practice, but when you get to the games, that that stadium looks full. Uh, it it so, just took me out of it. No, I I understand, and I have a simple answer. Yeah. Whether or not you like it, that's a different story. Um, when it comes to multi leagues like that, like let's take like let's take the Premier League over, over in uh, over here, over in Devon's part of the uh, woods. Um, <laughs> Arsenal, Manchester United, Chelsea, they have huge, huge stadiums, always packed out, always full. Take your neighborhood mm-hmm. team, like a like like a third tier team that's two tiers away mm-hmm. from the top table of the Premier League. You put them in a stadium like that Arsenal plays in or the Hotspurs play in. And mm-hmm. you're not going to fill a third of it. Yes, I get that. But and I'm that's sa- where the Miami Sharks are. Like that's the level. If the NFL does exist in this world, you're talking about a quasi semi-pro team. That that's what the Sharks are. Yeah, and, and that's fine. But still, the stadium right behind, like front row seats, should not be empty. I mean, that's fair. That's that's pretty. Like I like Devin and I were on the set of the dark Knight rises, a multi-million dollar Batman movie that shot in Heinz field in that stadium. They only tried to fill an end zone and it was still sparsely populated. Um, and you put people like, I think it's just, I think it's a more logistics thing for getting the stadium and getting people in there and like budgets for this, which is fine. It just took me out of it. That's, that's so, okay. I mean, yeah. see, to me, and the reason why it doesn't really stand out to me is because that's what I expect the stands to look like. Yeah. Uh, at the level of sport that it, th- that these are, because they do do because they do do a pan back shot of the stadium, mm-hmm. and they show that the stadium isn't really even halfway full. Yeah. And that camera shot is from the upper, you know, nosebleeds. Yeah, and um, I and I think another part of it is like they show how full the stadium is, like like you're saying, but then they show another cut and it's just completely bare. Mm. Um, the, the difference the, in them. Yeah, uh, it's fine. Anything else we want to talk about with any given Sunday? We're running out of time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? So there's. Yeah. Um. One, this movie introduced me to Jamie Foxx. So uh, be, 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 because of when it came out, my favorite line in this is when the backup quarterback gets hurt mm-hmm. and Papa runs over to James Woods and is like, down. And he gets off the stretcher cart and goes, 
what Trubinsky did, 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 did he fall off the bench? What the hell's next, Stigmata? And <laughs> yeah. there was a movie called Stigmata that came out in the late 90s, early millennium around the same time. And so it was a topic that people were talking about. And I just thought that was hysterical. Uh, that is very I funny. I didn't I didn't catch that, that that was like a tie-in to the movie. I just thought, wow, what a weird thing to happen to him. Yeah, well, um, and then the last thing... I did that thing again that I do, where I watch a movie for so long, I have the DVD, and I and I completely forget or don't know that what I know is the, you know, the movie is actually the director's cut, and what they have on the streaming sites is actually the theatrical release. That happened again. So oh, no. I just wanted to go over two things that were different okay. that are kind of important. One, yeah. um... In the scene where Al Pacino pushes the media guy off to the side, later in that practice scene, a little kid basically calls LL Cool J's character out and says, why don't you take passes up the middle anymore? It's because my dad thinks that you don't want to get hurt and all you care about is the money. Oh, wow. And I he, like that. That's like, pretty relevant. And he sits on that and he's looking at Fox's character and he's like, you know, maybe you're kind of right. You know, like... he. He actually wow. has that. And then the other thing, which is really kind of important, I feel, is that Al Pacino's character is with the high-end prostitute. Yeah. And she's watching the interview with Jamie Foxx and the lead doctor from Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Alan, you were going to say something? She's a prostitute? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Completely missed that subtext. <laughs> she tells him that it's like a thousand dollars for this and okay. five thousand for that. So she's like a high end. Um, so she's so excited. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So. Oh. In in the version that you guys watched, yeah, it went from that scene to that interview being intercut with that conversation to then mm -hmm. being intercut to the party at Shark's house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then it goes to Jamie Foxx going to Al Pacino's place for dinner and then to the football game that he loses. Yeah. That's, that's okay. basically what I remember of it. Yeah. Okay. The director's cut, what I know, and this is how I caught yeah. it, mm -hmm. Al Pacino and friend mm. intercut Good. with the interview. Okay. Okay. When that conversation ends, it, it opens with Jamie Foxx knocking on the door the next day to have dinner. Oh, I like that better. And then that goes all the way through the way that you guys saw it. And then when that ends, it opens with Jamie Foxx going to the party. I think I like that better. And then the party scene's extended because L.O. Cool J's character tells Shark what Jamie Foxx said about the defense. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And Shark goes and uses a circular saw to cut Jamie Foxx's SUV in half. <laughs> and calls what? him out. And calls him out on being a jerk. Um, and then wow. pretty much the rest of what you guys saw is what the rest of the movie is. Yeah, I mean, if that had happened during, like, bef like before you get to the bulk of that dinner scene, I don't think it would have made much sense. But no, I think yeah. that I think that I kind of want to see that scene now. Uh, I like that. Yeah. I didn't think I wanted to yeah. see. I didn't think I wanted to see more of this movie, but I want to see that. 
Yeah. Um, and then even the conversation that he has with his friend, his lady friend, mm-hmm. um, he he asks her, is a check okay? And mm-hmm. she says yes. And then in the version you guys watched, it cuts there, and then it goes yeah. to Fox going to the party. In in my version, and this is another reason why I was like, hang on a second, there's something missing here. She's it cuts in a way because Jamie Foxx in the interview comes up again and then it goes away and she's at like a mirror doing her makeup and on the phone and Al Pacino comes around the corner with the check and he's going to hand it to her. And he says, Hey, you know, maybe, you know, you know, like he, he pretty much asks if they can start an actual relationship. Like he does that Moulin Rouge thing with her and she just looks at him and goes, I like you, but you don't want to do this. Oh, and yeah. And then so when he so so then later on in the movie, when he's back at the bar with Jim Brown, where he met her to begin with. Yeah. Um, he looks over at her sitting behind and she dyed her hair blonde because he mentioned in, in that scene how much he likes her hair. Oh, that's okay. a shame. Well, she's got to do something. She doesn't want to, you know. So that's, that's all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Devin, any uh, any final thoughts? There's a character in this name in this uh, thing called Vivian Struthers, and that made me uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> um, I hate when I, I hated the rapping part. Uh, With the DMX Jamie song. Got a rap for you. Oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Oh wait. Oh yeah. No wait. There's a DMX song in here. Oh, you didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah. We no. can't. We can't say the name of it. But yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> it was the then song. Sure I hated that too. It was the song that repeated the word that we can't say yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. Okay. Great. Hated that too. Yep. Okay. Which, yep. I, which that I mean, to be honest, all of my friends loved DMX when I was going to school when this came out. Mm-hmm. So I've heard that. So sure. I mean, so like that song was normal to me. So to sure. me, even now, it fits for that scene, and <laughs> I absolutely love that sequence. It- I mean, it fits for the scene, but at the same time, I don't know if a director like Oliver Stone should <laughs> should be putting that in his films. Fair. I I understand completely. It was yeah. 1999. I, I yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, it just yeah. I I love the uh, look on Cameron Diaz's face in in the final scene where Pacino's like. Going to Colorado, <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm taking Beeman with me. Hoo-ha! Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, that was just a great way to end the movie. Because uh, I didn't need to see them play another game, but I like that he gets to move on and like yeah. screw over the sharks. Yeah, I have um, to say, him and Cameron Diaz going at each other. I want to see more of that. She was good in this. I yeah. mean, she, she played a cartoon bad this. guy, but she was good for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, like just the intensity that both of them were going back and forth at each other. And Al Pacino, both after they would yell cut, he did this with, with uh, Jamie Foxx too, where he would keep that intensity after they would say cut. And then he told uh. both of them, and you're a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, what man. a treasure. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I need more Pacino in my life. Maybe I'll go watch Godfather Great. 3 now. Mm. Ooh, maybe you might not like that. Okay. <laughs> maybe I'll watch the Coppola cut of Godfather 3. 
There uh, we go. Now we're now we're better. All right. Is that it for any given Sunday? I mean, I that's so. that's basically all oh. of the notes we covered. Everything okay. that I had. I had I had a question for you guys. When was the last time either of you were at a football game? Doesn't have to be professional. Just a football game. High school. Two thousand and this was two thousand and twelve, two thousand thirteen. I went to a Steelers pregame, like preseason game. Okay, that was that was the last time. All right, so I guess I'm, was the last time you did last year for a Penn State game oh. with friend of the show Dude. Chad and my sister and brother. Oh, I'm going again Dude. in a month. So there you go. Amazing. Well done. Two thousand three, two thousand three. Because I never went to a game my senior year okay and then before that it was a monday night game okay in like 94 yeah <laughs> wow all yeah. right yeah well i think that does it for this week's episode next week uh we're gonna take a break from making each other like picking for one 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 another and we're gonna talk about something new coming out this this weekend uh Next week when we do the show, it will be October. So Halloween. There's a pretty big uh, movie coming out for the season this weekend. So next week on a special night, Sunday night, you'll be able to hear the three of us talk about Hocus Pocus 2. So so tune in for that Sunday night at the regular time, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, We will be live here on Twitch, Facebook, and uh, YouTube. You can also listen probably the next day on any major podcasting platform. Uh, You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Uh, If you're watching us live, hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're watching us. And until Sunday night for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. Oh my god, it's Barbara Bush. <laughs>